Psalm chapter 44, verse 1, to the overseer, that is, the director of music, by sons of Korah. This song is written by unnamed one or multiple men who belong in the family of Korah, which are Levites, who work in the temple. An instruction, which means that this song will teach us something. O God, with our ears we have heard, our fathers have recounted to us the work thou didst work in their days in the days of old. It's always good to recount the works of the Lord, because it's a way of praising him, and he deserves praise all the time for everything that he has done. To thou with thy hand nations hast dispossessed, and thou dost plant them, thou afflictest people, and sentest them away. The Lord does afflict people. He does it to discipline them and to turn them back to him. He does cause affliction, not in a malicious way like Satan and the demons do, but yes, the Lord does cause affliction. Contemporary Christian songs spend too much time talking about building ourselves up in the Lord. It's good to know that God loves us, but in the Bible, every single song is always about the Lord. Today, people are singing, you love me, you love me, you love me. But in the Old Testament, they were singing, this is what you've done, and this is what you've done, and you're great, and you're mighty, and you're awesome. And it's a more appropriate perspective, because after all, he is God. He's not our boyfriend. He really does love us in a tender, gentle way. But it's because of his goodness and greatness, not because of anything in us. 3. For not by their sword possessed they the land, and their arm gave not salvation to them, but thy right hand, and thine arm, and the light of thy countenance, because thou hast accepted them. Only when the Lord accepts a people will they be able to possess the land that they live in. His own right hand guards and protects a nation, and that is by his own right hand that he protected Israel. And the right hand of God is Jesus Christ, because the right hand of a man in the Old Testament is always his son, and the right hand of the Lord is the Lord's son. For thou art he, my king, O God, command the deliverances of Jacob. It's not by coincidence that we grow and learn and develop in Jesus Christ. It's because of a command of the Lord that the demons are driven out of us and that our lives are changed. 5. By thee, our adversaries, we do push. By thy name, tread down our withstanders. It's the name of the Lord that will protect us against any enemy. 6. For not in my bow do I trust, and my sword doth not save me. Too often we put our trust in things of this world. In ancient times it would have been your bow and your shield and your horse. Today it's your retirement plan, your insurance policy, your property values, your prestige in the community, your reputation. It's still worldly things that we put our trust in. For a lot of people, it's a relationship. They're trusting another human being to take care of them and support and provide for them. And that is not appropriate for a Christian. We should only trust the Lord. 7. For thou hast saved us from our adversaries, and those hating us thou hast put to shame. The Lord will put to shame every demon on judgment day who has ever opposed us. 
8. In God we have boasted all the day, and thy name to the age we think, Selah. We need to boast in public, just as King David did and all of the righteous people in the Bible. So if church is the only place where you worship the Lord, there's really something wrong. That doesn't mean that you have to sing songs everywhere you go, but talking about the greatness of the Lord should be a natural part of our casual conversation. 9. In anger thou hast cast off, and causest us to blush, and goest not forth with our hosts. A host is an army, and it's saying that when the Lord was angry with the Israelites because of their sin, then their army was embarrassed. He didn't send his angels along to fight in front of them, and they would lose their battles. 10. Thou causest us to turn backward from an adversary, and those hating us have spoiled for themselves. In the Old Testament, and we read this several times, whenever the Israelites were in sin, they would have to retreat in battle against the pagans, and they would lose the battles and lose cities and lose land. But then, when they repented of their sins, everything was in reverse. The pagans would retreat in battle, and the Israelites would take over the cities and the lands. There are some towns in Israel that just went back and forth from being an Israelite possession to pagan possession throughout the Old Testament. 11. Thou makest us food as sheep, and among nations thou hast scattered us. He did scatter the Israelites far and wide, and they're all over the earth today because they didn't obey him. There were times that they were scattered, and then because they didn't accept his son as their savior, now they're scattered again all over the earth. 12. Thou sellest thy people without wealth, and hast not become great by their price. Sometimes the Israelites were sold into slavery by the Lord himself. He let the Babylonians capture many Israelites and take them into Babylon. He let the Persians capture the Israelites. He let Egyptians capture the Israelites because of their sin. 13. Thou makest us a reproach to our neighbors, a scorn and a reproach to our surrounders, which means that their neighbors would rebuke them when they were in sin. The surrounding pagan nations looked down on them. But when they didn't sin, the surrounding pagan nations were paying them tribute. 14. Thou makest us a simile among nations, a shaking of the head among peoples. When people shake their head at you, it means that they disapprove of you and they think that you're a loser. And a simile means that you're the butt of the joke, that you're an example, and your name becomes synonymous with failure. 15. All the day my confusion is before me, and the shame of my face hath covered me. At the beginning of this song, it said that it was an instruction on the wonders of the Lord, but it's also an, an instruction on what our lives become when the Lord isn't in our life. He says that I'm ashamed when you are not fighting my battles. 16. Because of the voice of a reproacher and reviler, because of an enemy and a self-avenger. There was one time when a man was heckling King David and even throwing rocks at him, and King David didn't defend himself because, for one thing, he thought that it could have been from the Lord that this man was heckling him because, after all, he did sin with Bathsheba, and even though he had repented of that sin, he still understood that there would be long-term repercussions, and he believed that the heckler was sent by the Lord to humble him. 
And that's what this verse is also talking about. The Lord allows people to rebuke and revile us when we're in sin. 17. All this met us, and we did not forget thee, nor have we dealt falsely in thy covenant. It's saying that when the Lord disciplined them, they did not forsake the Lord. They still agreed to their covenant with the Lord. 18. We turn not backward our heart, nor turn aside doth our step from thy path. This is talking about repentance. They got back on the path with the Lord. After they fell into sin, he would discipline them by letting the pagans terrorize them. And then they would repent of their sins and get back on the narrow path. And then he would protect them again. 19. But thou hast smitten us in a place of dragons and dost cover us over with death shade. Even though they still consider themselves Israelites and they're practicing the ordinances because of their sin, they're walking through the valley of death and dragons are pursuing them. Dragons are a natural, real animal that did exist in ancient times, and dragons are also synonymous with the devil, which would mean that the powers of darkness were overtaking them. 20. If we have forgotten the name of our God and spread our hands to a strange God, 21. Doth not God search out this? For he knoweth the secrets of the heart. Spreading your hands out means praying. So when they prayed to their false gods, the Lord knew it, even if they did it in secret. And that's why he didn't accept their ordinances that they practiced, even though they on the outside pretended to be Israelites, but in secret they were worshiping idols, he always knew. 22. Surely for thy sake we have been slain all the day, reckoned as sheep of the slaughter. Yes, because they disobeyed the Lord, he allowed the pagans to overtake them whenever they did that. The demons will overtake our lives whenever we practice sin. If we want to drink, we'll have a demon of alcoholism. If we want to tell lies, we'll have a demon of lies. And demons run in gangs. And if you have one demon long enough, you'll eventually end up with a whole family of demons because all these other things will come in. If you practice sexual perversion, you'll have a demon of sexual perversion. But eventually, you'll also have the demon of lies because you'll have to tell lies to people you know so that they won't get mad at you for the perversion that you commit, such as adultery or stealing somebody's boyfriend or girlfriend or doing things that other people wouldn't approve of sexually, you'll have to lie about it and cover it up so that people won't look down on you. If you don't repent of your sin, your sins actually multiply over time. If you practice sexual perversion, that can cause a lot of jealousy because sex becomes a game of conquest, which means you get envious and jealous of people who have more conquests than you do or who refuse to accept your sexual proposals. So then you get envious and jealous and it just keeps magnifying in your life. And that's what this song is talking about. Now, it's a metaphor because they were getting slaughtered by pagans. But if we practice sin, our life gets destroyed and slaughtered metaphorically by demon activity. 23. Stir up, why dost thou sleep, O Lord? Awake, cast us not off forever. The song is asking the Lord for forgiveness and saying, stop ignoring us. God never sleeps, but he can be silent as if he were asleep. Sometimes he's very silent and withdraws from us when we refuse to repent. 
In this verse, they are now repenting. 24. Why thy face hidest thou? Thou forgettest our afflictions and our oppression. The Israelites, once they were paying the piper for their sins, then they turned to the Lord and repented and said, Don't forget us, save us, forgive us, restore our lives. You and I can say the same thing. If you want to repent of sin, do it now and ask the Lord to restore your life. He will. 25. For bowed to dust hath our soul, cleaved to the earth hath our belly. That's imagery of a snake, when your belly is cleaving to the earth. To live life as a snake, which in modern language is a dishonest person, that brings your soul to the dust, meaning it brings you close to death. Living an evil life has brought them close to death. 26. Arise and help us, and ransom us for thy kindness sake. To ransom is to pay to save someone's life, and that's what Jesus did for us on the cross. He is the kinsman redeemer. He paid the ransom for our sins so that we can be forgiven and be set free. So this is an allusion to Jesus Christ in the final verse of this song. And that concludes Psalm chapter 44.